0: Hello Lovers, it's another episode of Hello Lover, episode 2. Um, This is with Ms. Angie St. Mars. We are talking about Season 3, Episode 4, Boy, Girl, Boy, Girl, wherein Carrie dates a bisexual and uh, has some pretty limited ideas about what that means. I knew that Angie would be great to talk to about this. Angie St. Mars, I mentioned her briefly in Episode 1 because she's very intellectual. She's a writer. She's a playwright. She's a dramaturg. She's a comedian, Uh, She's a sketch comedy artist. We're in a sketch troupe together called Free Snacks, and she's in another sketch troupe called President There. So uh, she's just writing, 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 and performing all the time, and um, she's definitely somebody who... People will go to to ask, like, is this offensive? How do I make this inclusive? Uh, People value her opinion. So I knew that she would be good to talk to about the subject of bisexuality. She's been talking a lot about uh, her relationship with queerness and bisexuality on stage lately. And uh, I appreciated her coming down and talking to me about it. I also wanted to say thank you so much for listening to episode one. I think that Ashley had some really great things to say, and it's like our bubbliest, funniest episode, so I'm glad that it's out there now and that you're liking it. I also wanted to say that I really am working on the language that I use. Sometimes I get all wrapped up in the moment. You'll notice I even mix up some of the Sex and the City characters' names sometimes, so if I'm talking quickly and excitedly, I don't stop to think about certain things. And I'm sometimes actually being quite ableist. I did, was just thinking about this the other day. Uh, Paul Little and I went hiking together in Hamilton. Beautiful day. And uh, we started talking about because he said, oh, that's insane, you know, just in passing. And then he was like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to work on using ableist, not using ableist language. And uh, at first I was, you know, kind of resistant to that. But then we talked about the things that we never thought we would stop saying in the past, and now we've stopped saying those things. So I am starting to think about my relationship with words like crazy, insane, uh, psycho, which those words do come up sometimes when I'm talking about someone's behavior being absurd or bananas, and um, I'm just trying to learn, uh, I'm trying to expand my vocabulary so that I don't have to use words that make people feel bad about themselves. And I'm also going to do some reading just about ableist language in general. I hope that, uh, I haven't offended anyone with this podcast because it's all about trying to dissect pop culture from a very inclusive standpoint, which is why I'm talking to so many different kinds of folks. So I just wanted to include a little something about that and, uh, if you want to check out Ms. Angie St. Mars in something coming up, you can check her out in our free snack show on May 31st at the King's Head Pub. You can also check her out this year in Winnipeg Fringe Fest performing with her other sketch troupe, President Bear. Um, I really like they have this like very pop culture reference heavy, very dark style of humor, and uh, I enjoyed their last Fringe show quite a bit. So, go see that. And in the meantime, here's another episode. Hope you like it. He's a bisexual. Well, I could have told you that, sweetie. He took you ice skating, for God's sake. The weird thing is, he was so open about it. You know, hi, I'm a bisexual. Like, um, hi, I'm from Colorado or something.
1: I don't think you're allowed to be bisexual in Colorado. <laughs> is
0: that a problem? I mean, what kind of question is that? Is oh, that a problem?
1: Of course it's a problem.
0: What did you say? I said it wasn't a problem. I panicked, he's such a good kisser. You know, that generation is all about sexual experimentation. All the kids are going by. Put on your little recorder. <laughs> that my little, I'm a cockney baby. <laughs> I am a cockney baby. All right, all right. So, first of all, um, let's talk a little bit about, tell me what your relationship is with Sex in the City. Oh.
1: Good question. Um, okay, so, I was introduced to Sex in the City by my dad, he, uh, I think he watched it at a party with some friends, and he was like, I liked it, I thought it was pretty good, and it was on TV at that time, and I just never checked it out, and so I checked it out, I think with him, and we both liked it, and we thought it was funny, then I was like, okay, I'm into it, and I'd watch it, uh, on my own and with friends and that kind of thing, so, it was my dad. Do you remember the first episode that you watched? Oh, God, that's such a... I just remember, like, Carrie in outfits. She was in, like, a a silvery, like, really shiny dress. I don't remember the plot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We won't solve this today. (laughs) But that's interesting that, like, a paternal figure in your life introduced you to this show. Yeah. Like, it's cool that he was cool watching it with you. Yeah. He was
1: usually we would watch comedy together because we both really love comedy. And I don't know how old I was at this time. That's a good question. I was probably in, like, junior high. Okay, maybe? So, yeah. um, I should ask him who he... who introduced him to the show. Definitely it was women friends of his that
0: introduced him to it. And was there ever content, if you were watching it with him, that it was like, oh, that's a little too much?
1: Well, he... I always remember like whenever you're watching a movie or anything with your dad and something sexual happens and you're like, "Yeah," (laughs) I never liked that. Um, So, but, but that would happen all the time in movies that would happen, you know, I mean on the news that would happen in comedy. So
0: yeah, still to this day with my mom, like we'll watch through it, but there's some scenes that are quite long and graphic that I'm just like. You just crossed the line, and I will, like, leave the room just for a couple minutes and be like, I don't need to sit next to my mom while this is happening, because Sex and the City was, like, it went there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely remember enjoying watching it more at slumber parties or with my friends or I had one friend that I'd watch that kind of stuff with because we both really liked uh, Samantha, and I think we both had... Butting qualities like Samantha, but to see someone just owning that on a show, we both really enjoyed, like, you know, making a drink. Like, uh, sometimes she'd make me, like, a Cosmopolitan, you know, and we'd, like, sit in bed and watch it and just kind of, like, talk like that and, like, get into the character a little bit more and just, like, but also, like, be yourself, but just kind of
0: try that those shoes on. I always liked that Samantha is bold and sexual and sassy, take no shit, but she's not the villain on the show, Yeah, which on most shows, people wouldn't like her. No. But she's a compassionate, good friend, she just also has this side to her. Yeah, I like that they, at least I never got that that was something wrong with her. In Mm -hmm. fact,
1: I felt like it was pretty clear from watching the show that, and maybe it's a personal thing, but that Charlotte was the one with the most things wrong with her. And Samantha was the best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's how I felt when I was younger. I was like, I've always known that I had qualities like Carrie, but I was like, but I'm also a little bit Samantha because, like, I wanted to be Samantha. Yeah. But now when I watch it, I was talking about this with Ashley Burdett, I sometimes wonder, like, about her maturity level because I like her, but she's very, like... I don't mind people being who they are, but, like, she'll be in a public situation being very ostentatious, very sexual, and I'm like, you should still respect people, though. (laughs) And when you get to a certain age, you're like, don't you want the people around you to feel comfortable and respected? And she doesn't. I feel like
1: later on in season, she had to confront some of the ways she was. That's true. But right, like, at the time when I started watching it, she was in her sexual prime, and she was, like, a lioness... On the prowl. And she was just enjoying that. Like, you know, when there is an age, or not an age, a time in your life when you are single and you are loving sex with multiple people and you are... Well, okay, I shouldn't say that this is so general. Maybe not for everyone, but generally, in the group that I grew up with, there's, like, a time when you're like, you know, no, I'm digging this. Like, I'm... You're kind of... You have that freedom. You're sought after. Yeah, and you're just enjoying that. And I felt like she was kind
0: of in that stage for a lot of the show that makes sense i think too like of its time a woman like her i just did air quotes a woman like her (laughs) would have to work really hard to be who she is Mm -hmm. so she maybe would be a little more like i don't care if i piss everyone off in this restaurant yeah whereas now women like her maybe don't have to prove themselves as much or like take their space in the world as much right
1: yeah I just picked my nose. <laughs> <I just laughs> include that in there. She, uh yeah, and also because it was a TV show, they were probably like,
0: take this character to the umpteenth degree. That's true, because it was like pre, I feel like mumblecore informed a lot of what's on now, like girls, where it's like, these people are very grounded, they're people you would meet in everyday life, and mm-hmm. maybe not like, and they're not always entertaining, and mm-hmm. like, Back in the 90s, it was like, it still has to be fun. hmm It has to be performance, and the show's definitely written like that. Like, the jokes are very much, like,
1: clean. You can see it on the page of the script, and now yeah. she says this. There's a punchline at mm-hmm. the end of it. hmm Carrie's gonna make a little pun here. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. So, in this episode, we open at an art show at mm-hmm. Charlotte's Gallery... So jealous of her job, by the way. Yeah, she's an art curator. Yeah.
1: Doesn't seem like the type at all. Like, it doesn't... Like, how did she get into that? I don't know. It's off topic, but I'm just... No, <laughs> we can
0: talk about whatever. She does sometimes... They kind of hint at the fact that she can't really speak about her intellectual pursuits with her three best friends because they're just not interested. Right. At one point, she starts hanging out with a group of power lesbians, and they all love to talk about art, and she loves it. And then there's an episode later in L.A. where she goes to the Playboy Mansion, and she meets this guy, and they're sitting and talking about art, and she's like, it's so nice to have someone to talk about this with. Yeah. I think there's just a side of her that we don't get to see.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It. This always struck me as that group of friends that you get together to talk about sex and relationships with. It's Mm -hmm. not their life, but, like, you never see uh, Miranda talking about a case that she's struggling with at work. Or Samantha about, like, a really tough client. Or uh, Carrie about an argument with her publisher. They Mm -hmm. probably talk about that on the phone with their mom or when they go for coffee with their work friends. This is just, like, a slice of their life. These are the the friends that you get together to just talk about this with.
0: Yeah, and that's what I... Always come back with with the criticism on the show is always, these women are hung up on relationships. I'm like, well, it's called Sex and the City. Yeah. It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's about women's sexuality, and she writes a column based on what she's going through with dating, what her friends are going through with dating, and I think uh, similar to how Seinfeld is like, how a comedian comes up with his material. Mm-hmm. This is like, how this columnist comes up with her column. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she's not going to be like, oh, I just went to the bank and, like, yeah. we don't, we're not interested in that. No,
1: it's not meant to be a realistic, like, <laughs> time, you know, like, 24-hour time clock. We follow yeah. these women. Because <laughs> 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 that would yeah. be
0: boring and that wouldn't fit the theme of the show, you know? Yeah, it wouldn't. And she, there are hints of that here and there as the show progresses, but, um, but I I thought they had a very clear thesis statement in it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, they're at the art show, and the art show is men dressed, well, women dressed as men, as mm-hmm. drag kings, and they're all very, like, burly, manly, like, uh, construction work, or like very... What I
1: noticed was that all of the photos, they had the women wearing mustaches, and when it shows the one with Charlotte, it's a fake mustache that they put on. And I was like, oh. Because I thought maybe this was like, oh, awesome, it's like women who are transitioning and that's their real mustache. But that's probably a product of, like, living nowadays, whereas mm-hmm. ben, you know... And that's kind of interesting. That kind of gets divulged when he talks about the photo shoot, too. The first time I thought it was like, these are photos of women who really identify this way. Ah. But then when he's like, no, Charlotte, pose for me. I'm going to dress you up like a man. I was like, wait a minute.
0: Oh, that's interesting. At some point someone says drag king Mm -hmm. and that just clued me in that like, oh, they're in drag. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're in drag, but I assumed it were women who were already drag kings and then he found them and photographed them. But then when he has that scene with Charlotte, I was like, no, he just takes women and then has them dress like men. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting.
0: His whole thing... I found it really fun- it's funny to watch this with someone- with someone because I'm usually by myself or with my mom who's already seen it a hundred times, but I was very struck by there's a moment that seems so scripted where Miranda's like, what inspired you to do this? And there's a close-up on him and he's like, I feel that gender is- and he has this like speech about gender and Mm -hmm. why gender's an illusion- and she even says in the beginning, like, oh, I guess all it takes is a sock and a mustache and you're a man, mm-hmm. so it's weird that it's, like, progressive in the fact that they're saying, what even is a man? What We put this woman like this and now she's a man, so what does that even mean? Yeah. But it's also, like, I feel like we're supposed to think he's a pretentious artist.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point, and now watching it, like, nowadays, I'm like, no, yeah, that's that's cool. That makes yeah. sense like part for the course. Gender's performative or like how he said he uses gender as an illusion. But yeah, you're right, there are snippets of wisdom and it's hard to watch something like this. It's very dated mm-hmm. nowadays.
0: Yeah. <laughs> This episode especially, because there's some that I watch and I'm like, I got no problem with that. But this episode feels very like they were just on the cusp of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And if it would have been made five years later, ten years later, mm-hmm. the episode would have been curated completely differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder, that, that's a good question. I wonder if they called a writer on board who knew something more about this. Or if their yeah. regular writers tried to do a little research and then tried to put some stuff in. That's interesting. I should
0: look up who, because this episode was written by, I'll look it up in my little box set. <laughs> I think it was written or directed by a woman, and I know the writer's room was full of a lot of gay men, because that was one of the things that people would criticize the show and say, these are women being talking like gay men.
1: Oh, wow. Mm. I didn't even know that. I didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, so it's written by a woman, Jenny Bix, and directed by Pam Thomas. I'm not sure what that writer's room was like. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm watching a show and I feel
1: like they're talking about something and they seem a few years behind on it, I just Mm -hmm. imagine that the people on the show are this group of people that live in a sequester, like a little bubble. Yeah. You know, like,
0: oh, these are people that live in a small town. This is new to them, you know? Yeah, but then the writer's room, being a bunch of New York Mm -hmm. people on the queer scene, Mm -hmm. I think for its time, this was probably huge, like in the 90s, to be on TV for anyone to watch Mm -hmm. and be like, gender's performative Mm -hmm. was... Maybe they wanted to go further, but they were like, this is as far as we can go. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a good question. It would be really interesting to hear, like, an interview with the people who wrote it to see, is it something that just gets, you have to kind of cater to the mainstream, and you yeah. have to present it to them like, this is the average person you're talking to. They're going to think like, this, this yeah, going to blow their mind a little bit.
0: And they do challenge your perception a little bit, but Carrie is still so confused by the concept that you still feel like if you're confused, it's okay. Because mm-hmm. Carrie's representing, I guess, what they think of as the every person. Yeah. And then there's all these, like, weird people in her life that are presenting these other alternatives. Yes. Yeah,
1: it was... It felt a little strange watching it having everyone but Samantha react like it was weird.
0: Mm -hmm. You know?
1: Because if it's just Charlotte, it makes sense because you're like, well, Charlotte is this ultra conservative, kind of small. I don't know
0: where she comes from, but it just seems like everything is new to her. Like, she's She's a wasp. Okay, yeah. She talks a lot about, like, having a waspy upbringing Mm -hmm. and how her family never talked about anything. If they got mad, they would just play tennis. (laughs) And, like, she. I think later they start to make her more relatable in the sense that she's just never, never, like, I think she was very country club Hamptons.
1: Yeah. Never talked about it and feels awkward talking about it. She's Mm -hmm. definitely repressed.
0: Yeah, and in this season, like, it's the season three, and I feel like she's still in that in that, uh, bubble. Whereas later when she starts going out with Harry and she converts to Judaism, I think she starts to be a little more open. Mm-hmm. After the art show, Carrie's on a date with a young guy and they go ice skating and there's this really like, ba ba bah, 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 moment where he's like, oh, I dated this person and this person and then Mark. And it's like, Oh, what? And then it clips <laughs> to them, and at, at, um, he asks if that's a problem, and I found it very surprising that she's like, oh, I told him it wasn't a problem, and they're all like, oh my god, you're just gonna date him, and they're like disgusted. Yeah, that was so weird. That was very weird. I was trying to figure it out while I was watching, and
1: one thing I think it might be is they were talking about in college and how... I don't know how they said it, but it was like men and women they knew would be bisexual, but they all
0: ended up with men. Yeah, that's what Carrie says. I did the date a bisexual guy thing in college, but they all ended up with men, and then Samantha says, and so did the women. Then, two seconds later, Carrie says the famous
1: kind of go-to quote, which is like, I think bisexuality is just a pit stop on the way to gay town. Yeah. So it's like, which is it? Is it someone who was
0: straight all along, or is it someone who was gay all along? Because they say both in, like, two minutes. It sounds like, if this were real life, she'd had experiences dating closeted gay men. Yes, that's what I was thinking. And then thought, oh, that's what it is to be bisexual. Yeah, and I wish they would
1: have just... I it almost went... It's almost like it was in there and you were supposed to just know it. Like, this was everyone's experience. So everyone's experience is that when you date a bi man he turns out to just be gay Mm -hmm. and he wasn't fully out of the closet or aware of it himself yet and he dated you and maybe broke your heart and that that is why you're bitter and and uncomfortable with this and Mm -hmm. that
0: would have made more sense to me there's so much in this episode that i feel like is most of the way there because i don't mind that they have a limited perception but i just want them to learn something yeah, Like, because the way that their limited perceptions, I felt like, were all written very authentically. I've met people who've said all these things about bisexual people. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the episode, I want her to have changed or realized something. And, like, that's what I find with a lot of TV when there's a character who is offensive and people will say, oh, but that is, there are real people like that. And I'm like, yeah, you can write an offensive character, but, like... Call them on their shit at some point. Yeah. Like, make your perspective known.
1: Definitely. Yeah, but it was strange, like you say, how all the side characters, who are usually the men that carry dates, if they have a different attitude about dating than her, she's just like, that was too weird for me, and I got yeah. out of there. And, like, when she, uh, they're having sex on the floor at Carrie's apartment, and right after, she's like, immediately starts trying to get him to, like... Explain. Explain, and also, like, choose. Like, she's like... So you're on the street, and there's a really attractive man on one side (laughs) of the street, and then there's a really attractive woman on the other.
0: Which do you? And I was like, what are you doing? It feels, yeah, it's so, like, cringey, because just earlier they were at the club... I feel like he was written better than her in this episode. Yeah, that's wh- that's well put. Which is so weird because like they're at the club and she's like, Okay, were you looking at the guy or the girl? And he's like, I was looking for the bathroom. And he keeps saying, I like you. I'm yeah. here with you. You are fantastic. I'm not thinking about other people. He seems sweet and grounded and everything he says makes sense to me. And she keeps being like, tell me again, tell me again. And she keeps pushing that button. Yeah, she seems very insecure. And I don't know why. Like, when they're on the floor and she says that, yeah, he
1: says, it's about the person, Carrie. And I wish that that would have been the lesson that they all learned in the episode. But, and you think Charlotte's going to learn that with her sexual encounter or, I don't know if they have sex, but her photography session with the
0: Yeah, it seems that she initiates sex. Mm -hmm. Um, She's, yeah, she's dressed like a man, and then she has the balls Mm -hmm. to initiate sex but then it's like charlotte was too embarrassed to ever see him again yeah you're like what (laughs) like he reciprocated though like the reason i'm always scared to make a move is what if i go for a real samantha like pull you in by your by your lapels moment and then you're like oh what like i'm always worried that i'm reading people's signals wrong so i don't want to be too forward but it's like but you did the thing and and he was feeling the same thing and you had some mutual sex like yeah I would say that Charlotte
1: discovered something about herself sexually that day. Yeah. And it it was great. And then, you know, you would think in real life that, you know, they went on to have a lot of hot sex while he was in town. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And they said there was a quote. They said she might have been that kind of man, but she wasn't that kind of woman. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Because when she's dressed like a man, she can initiate sex. Yeah. But as a woman, she's not that kind of woman. (laughs) And, like, I find that conversation so fucked. Like, the other day, this is tangential, but it's related. Mm-hmm. The other day, um, someone I know posted a thing and was like, I was just wondering, from the ladies on my feed, do any of you like making the first move, or would you rather be pursued? And I was like, oh, what What time is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, how am I on this computer? i <laughs> like, I... I got so, like... They were all engaging with this question that seemed so obsolete to me. And I said, well, uh, forgive me for a mundane answer, but I think it's best when nobody's playing hard to get or being chased and everyone just expresses an interest organically. (laughs) And then somebody else said, we didn't say anything about playing games. And I said, but the idea of being chased and pursued implies that one person's playing hard to get.
1: Yeah, I think if you like someone and you uh, you want to make a move, but you don't because you like them to make the move first,
0: so you try to get them to make the move. That's playing a game. That's a game. Yeah, and it's like, and I said the healthiest relationships I've observed, people are making moves back and forth the whole time, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, well, today I'm the bold one that made the move, and tomorrow maybe you'll make the move, and then eventually you end up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just I I thought that that was. That we were done with that? Mm-hmm. And the fact that she had to pose a question like, are there any ladies that like this? I was like, oh, there's people who still think this way. So yeah. maybe for them, seeing Charlotte, like, grab them and everything is this huge deal. Yeah, maybe. And, but then, how come she doesn't realize that that was really hot and fun and mm-hmm. that she should do that more often?
1: Yeah, yeah. For an episode that aimed to be about gender fluidity, it was very... Binary. It was mm-hmm. all about we'll choose one or the other. Like that was kind of the message, and that was what they were all doing. And I guess looking at it now, we can watch and be like, "Well, that was their problem. They were trying yeah. to choose one or the other." Yeah. But at the time, that was kind of it. Was like we're all more comfortable when you can pick column A or column B, and that yeah. was like the message of the, at episode. the end of the
0: day. I'm a cisgender woman, and I am not interested in exploring yeah. anything outside of that. I have to pee. I'm pause yeah. for a sec. Pee pause hmm peep paws Yes, so, okay. There's a couple things about the episode I did like. Like, as opposed to male and female, they do have, they start introducing the term alpha dog instead of being like, you're the man. Yeah. Did they do that in, uh, Samantha's relationship? Or where did they? Samantha and Miranda. Like, because right. Samantha wants to be the alpha dog at the office, mm-hmm. and she has her pushy assistant who wants to be the alpha dog. Mm-hmm. And then Miranda is having trouble with, because Steve, I could do an entire podcast about how much I disliked Steve when I rewatch it, because I used to love him. Mm -hmm. Steve accuses her of being the guy. That is the
1: worst. That moment stuck out for me too. I hated that, and that changed the whole, you know what was interesting though, to cut my own self off, is that Steve accused her, you know, sometimes it feels like you're the guy. And then that really shook her Mm -hmm. because the next day she's at finding your inner goddess and she's not comfortable being like that. No. But she's trying and she's stressed out because of it and eventually leads to her breaking down and crying because she's so stressed with trying to find this and worried that she's not feminine enough. And then it ends with her crying on her shoulder because of the stress and saying like I guess I am a woman. <laughs> and it's like what the
0: fuck? Well oh. I'm like I feel so conflicted because that moment in and of itself I love like I think Miranda, I think Cynthia Nixon the actress is so good yeah. in that moment and so vulnerable. And I think they could have fixed it if Steve would have just been like be who you are. I love you. Like just yeah. But He says, like, I'm not going anywhere, which is, like, nice. I love that moment for Miranda because she's so exhausted trying to be a lady, and mm-hmm. she's like, I was going to cook you dinner, and I'm not good at this, and, and you're going to learn that that's not who I am if you yeah. live here. I love Miranda. Mm-hmm. But Steve, yeah. like, Steve should say, like, I shouldn't have put all that pressure on you. No, Steve should say, uh... That was me being
1: threatened in this relationship. So I decided to make you feel ashamed about who you are so that you would feel like you needed me more. Yeah.
0: (laughs) that was not cool. That whole moment... That moment where he is taking up most of the bed. Mm -hmm. And she's been reading, and then she notices, like, I would like to go to bed, and he's taking up most of it. So she wakes him up to move over. He doesn't move over. (laughs) And he just tells her, actually, I'd like to move in. Mm -hmm. And most women would, like, love
1: to hear that or something. And it's like, well, no! This is, is, again, it's stupid, and it's making those kind of feelings and thoughts and attitudes so gendered when it's Mm. like, no, this is what we're told women want and men don't want. Mm -hmm. But
0: that's not my lived experience. That's not my lived experience. And what's interesting about Sex and the City is they illustrate that that's not the experience, but then the voiceover is like, oh, but this is weird. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird because they write these really great, nuanced male characters, and there's even an episode where Carrie, like, big, keeps calling her in the middle of the night to talk about his relationship, and she talks about how women and men aren't so different. But then you still have these super-gendered voiceovers, like, Mm -hmm. oh, most women would love to hear that. And I'm like, most women, tired in the middle of the night, would not want to suddenly have a conversation about, oh, I want to move into your house. <laughs> like, that's that's a little intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's why I usually watched through the lens of Samantha rather than Carrie, because I never identified with Carrie's perspective. Mm. A lot of, the, you know, I, I found it, I could identify with Samantha's, and, and you notice Samantha's doesn't wrap up to be like, and she was a man, and he, you know. Yeah. It's just like, no, she is assertive. About, and that's it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I think, like, on a rewatch, because I've been watching such isolated episodes, there's episodes where Samantha's kind of bugged me, and I used to love her, but, like, there's one where a guy comes with a huge pepper mill, and he's like, fresh ground pepper, and she's like, oh, honey, I think we all want some fresh ground pepper. And I was like, okay, Samantha. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> like, because I work in a restaurant, and I'm like, just leave the service staff alone. Like, make your dick jokes to your friends, but, like, you don't have to be so yeah. showy Yeah, all the it's time. not,
1: like, 2 in the morning at a Cafe 22. <laughs> yeah, <I mean>.
0: exactly. <laughs> you're being inappropriate. Yeah, and I just want, like, even if you're bold and sexual, like, I guess also, like, I've met women that are like, check me out, the sassy one. And I'm like, oh, my God, you watch too much Sex and the City, <laughs> and now you're trying to be, like, that lady, and I'm like... I just think at a certain age, you learn how to be in a public space and still be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. But that being said, I like her in this episode the most. She says something like, in the future, gender won't even be anything. Like, she says something like that, that in a few years from now, you won't even think about gender because the young people are changing the game.
1: Yeah. She makes, like, a great prediction. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting that you said... You know, when you're watching this episode, everyone's acting like it's such a new thing that they struggle with, and then it's weird to, like, fast forward. And in some ways, it depends where you are and who you're talking to.
0: Yeah. It's all different. Or it could be just the same. Definitely, when I saw that thread on my Facebook, I was like, oh, okay. So I am in a bit of a, like, liberal bubble, as Mm -hmm. they say, Mm -hmm. in the sense that None of my friends would ask that question. Mm -hmm. And none of my friends would be like, you're a lady who likes to ask out a fella? Like, (laughs) we don't.
1: Nobody talks like that or about that.
0: It's not an issue. These are the things I struggle with. Am I using gender-neutral enough language? Am I being a safe person for people? But there are people that are still struggling with, like, a lady wearing a tie? Oh, my God. So, like, that is a big deal for some people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do meet those people,
1: right? You encounter those people, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, I forgot. I obviously live in a circle of people that are mostly the same age as me, and they are all in the arts, Mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, have to have those kinds of conversations a lot.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I also, one thing I found dated, and I don't know if you noticed, but I've noticed that a lot of Carrie's humor comes from being cynical and not participating in things Mm -hmm. which I find very 90s because she's like skating with a cigarette Mm -hmm. and she's like oh whatever and then she she's nice at the art show but then there's oh the goddess workout she's like oh my god and she just makes fun of it the whole time and it's like Wouldn't you have more fun if you just fully engaged with the goddess workout and then you could make fun of it later? But, like, just be there.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that they both left midway
0: through that because I was like, you paid for that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) If I paid to try a
0: workout class, I'm staying for the whole thing. And they're making fun of it. They're not even actually doing the moves that the lady wants them to. They're kind of just playing around with each other. And then they seem very, like, a couple of teens who can't take anything seriously. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I think... At the time, seeing these women who didn't participate in these typical woman things was very, maybe, empowering and funny. Right. But now I'm just like, why are you such a stick in the mud? Like, just do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was
1: interesting watching them try to navigate this and say, I am not a woman in those ways, and I am a woman in these ways. And, you know, watching it now, it's just like, you can be all those things and be a woman. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, that's usually what people are. They're all those things, and they're not these things. And it doesn't make you less or more of a woman or less or more of a Mm -hmm. man. That's just you.
0: That's something that I felt, in some ways, they did a good job talking about and in other ways really missed the mark on
1: Mm I wonder sometimes how everyone in the cast felt about the
0: things that they had to say. Ooh, you'd be interested in Cynthia Nixon, Blame played oh, Of Miranda. course, yeah. Yeah, she um, she watched the first movie, which I don't know if you've seen.
1: What? Ha- uh, quick recap. <laughs>
0: um, Carrie and Big are going to get married. Yes, yeah. then they don't. Yeah, then they don't, but then they do, but in a much smaller way. I right, Because yes. she realizes she was obsessed with the pageantry of it, and she let it... Get away from the relationship. Definitely. Which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. But Miranda, uh, Cynthia Nixon, was watching it in the theater with all of these women who she felt had gotten the wrong end of the stick about Sex in the City and what it had achieved. The women in the audience, there's a scene where Mr. Big makes Carrie her dream closet. And all the women in the audience were like clapping and ooing and going, oh my god, and like fanning themselves. And making a real display, I guess, performing their gender. Definitely. And being very, like, shoes. Yeah. The point of that scene is Big has gotten to a place where he will do anything to make Carrie happy. Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to be love is a walk-in closet. Right. And Cynthia Nixon was very disappointed that that happened in a theater. That would be hard to,
1: (laughs) you know, make your
0: statement and then find that,
1: it wasn't received. That's a nightmare. You know, whether you're writing a joke or a scene, that's really hard. That's the funny thing. When I was moving into this place, the real estate guy who was showing us around went into, he kept trying to like really gender our tour. Like we walked into our room and we had this big Ikea open wardrobe thing. And he was like, mostly talking to Jesse, but then when it came to the wardrobe, he was like, and this the women love this kind of thing. It was just like, isn't this everything you wanted? And I just, like, didn't say anything. And I was like, cool. Because Jesse had a walk-in closet at his place. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bar that I screwed into yeah. the wall, you know? And it doesn't have to be... It's like, mm, good storage, you know? Yeah. But the whole, like... The walk-in closet thing. And you know what? Some women and men love that. But the point is that it doesn't matter. It's not something that specifically
0: pertains to women. Yeah, it was supposed to be about Carrie and her moment. Yeah. And he's so generous with Carrie. As opposed to, like, a man who makes you a closet. Snap, snap, snap. Like, That's a very, you know, and it's funny when you said...
1: Everyone was performing their gender because when I think back to like my friend and I who'd make Cosmopolitans, a pink drink, and sit in bed and curl up and like, you know, do a face mask and then watch the show, we were performing our gender and we would put it on to enjoy doing that. Yeah. You know, I remember it like we'd sit in there, we'd snuggle up, you talk a little different. Yeah. All of a sudden you're a hand
0: talker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a hand talker.
1: Yeah. I, depends on the context. I definitely find, depending on the group I'm hanging out with and how I'm feeling that day, I will sometimes have fun performing extra femininity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will resent being in a space where people are
0: performing yeah. femininity. Uh, it really depends. Yeah, for me, like, I guess I can't resent those women too much because there is a side of me that loves to perform my gender. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's, like, confusing for Kyle, my boyfriend, because he'll see pictures of me, like, being all sassy and wearing an outfit and being like, mm, look at me. And he's like, that, I don't know that side of you. And I'm like, well, no, that's a character. Like, it's fun. And I love, like, I love sometimes to get all dressed up and, like, walk through a bar and, like, who's this mysterious stranger? It's me. <laughs> swish, swish, swish. And, like, it's. It's fun, and and I love, like, it's more, it feels like drag. Yeah, it feels like playing, which is something that we've always
1: loved to do since you're a kid. You love Mm -hmm. to play characters, you love to dress up. People love it, and it's just an excuse to do that. But you really gotta be careful
0: because sometimes people become trapped in that role. And I think that's what Cynthia Nixon was seeing, Mm -hmm. Because when I used to do toy parties, sometimes the women were very, the things they would say about, like, having sex with their husbands was very, like, oh, they don't call it a job for nothing, (laughs) and, like, they would say these things with each other, and then I would get them alone when I was doing the transaction, and I was like, oh, you're a cool woman who's interested in sex, and... You have so much more to say than what you were doing in there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that was fun. I thought that was setting everyone back and making them all self-conscious. Because, like, anyone in the room who does enjoy sex with their husband is suddenly like, oh, yeah, gross, ah. And it was really holding everyone back. Yeah.
1: I wonder, like, well, you and I are close friends. We don't often get together and perform femininity. No. I don't find. We've never had that kind of friendship. But I do have that kind of friendship with some people. I've had it, yeah, I've had it with some people. Yeah, where you're like, let's go dancing, let's pick out an outfit, come over, we'll get ready together, and we'll walk in, like, what's up, you know? Yeah. And it is fun, like, you know, I love Romy and Michelle, I love stuff like that growing up, and it's fun to channel that, um, and play that. But I... But it's very complicated because it's not fun all the time. It's not fun when you don't want to do it. It's not fun when you feel forced to do it. Mm -hmm. It's not fun when you want to have a real conversation and you don't want to play. It would be neat to have relationships where you could outwardly say it like, like just call up, listen. (laughs) I've been really bored of the office all week and I want to perform my gender this weekend. Yeah. Do you want to pretend like we really care about going to the mall and finding a fun outfit Uh, we'll, you know, like, we'll talk differently, we'll act differently, we'll walk differently. Yeah, if we're
0: excited, we'll, like, scream. Yeah. Yeah, I think, (laughs) I think that we have wanted to do a night like that, but it's, like, we're often involved in, like, too many of our own interesting things that we can't, I need energy to do that, I can't just pop into it. Mm -hmm. But if it was, like, we are doing that two weeks from now, and it was on the calendar, and I am gonna get in that mood Mm -hmm. and get excited... I think I could do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do
0: yeah. want to be feeling it at the
1: time, too, though. The two weeks yeah. can come up, and you could be like, "Oh, not today. And yeah. then you don't. That sounds like a nightmare,
0: you know? Yeah, and I think that sort of happened with, like, we had a girls' night with Jacina, where I think that was kind of the idea. Mm-hmm. And we, like, had a couple, like, more flirty conversations than we normally would about, mm-hmm. like, relationships and stuff like that, but then... I think we just enjoyed, like, sitting and eating sushi at the end of it. And it was like, oh, we're not going to do the thing? Okay, let's not do the thing. And it just, like, didn't... I think it does have to organically happen. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when you're
1: playing that character, when you're performing that... You can't talk about your real problems. No. Because that character doesn't talk about real things seriously. They trivial everything is very trivial in their life and everything is very flippant and everything is the sassy pun that Carrie makes. So it's fun if you feel like doing that, you're in a low stakes situation like a bridal shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not fun if you're like, listen, I need to see you because I'm thinking
0: about quitting my job and we need to talk about it, you know, and I'm not gonna talk about it. Flippantly. Well, because if you were playing the character and talking about it, you'd have to be like, and I was talking to my boss, and I was like, listen, bitch. Yes. Like, and you'd have to say stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to say that. I like my boss. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it does have to be, like, this very, I think alcohol helps with it. Like, I couldn't <laughs> do it sober. <laughs> but once I'm, like, if I'm dressed a certain way... And I've had a couple drinks, then, like, the character starts to, like, come in, and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, okay, I see this, I recognize this.
1: I like the freedom to flow in and out of it when I want, which Mm -hmm. is, I suppose, you know, gender fluidity, is, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like doing this right now, but at any moment, I can break and say, it's not breaking, I shouldn't say, it's almost like tapping into certain parts of you and letting that part flourish, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then I want to say this, too, and I don't ever want to feel trapped, like, oh, no, we're being ladies tonight. You can't talk about that.
0: Yeah, if it, if it gets real, you just, you got to go with that, too. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of the Shakira song, She-Wolf, where she <laughs> says that every woman has a she-wolf inside her, and it's kind of about that, like, I'm going to go out, I've been, like, having a hard week at work, and I'm going to dress up and do this thing, mm-hmm. and then... Like, and even in the video, she's, like, in bed with her husband, then she goes into this very womb-like, glittery room, and she dances around <laughs> in it, and then she goes out um, and goes back to bed. Yeah. And goes back to her regular life, yeah. presumably. Just, like, you know, uh, what's
1: the word? Connects with that for yeah. like a minute. It's also, uh, almost, like, nostalgic. Growing up before I was a, a woman, when I was a girl... I watched all this stuff to try to find out what it was going to be like to be a woman.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Whenever it was portrayed as, like, super fun, and you have all this independence, and, you know, your problems are really trivial, and you look great, and you have this unlimited budget, and you're always wearing costumes. I was like, yes, I want that. Yeah. I think a lot of girls and guys and, you know, anyone sees that and is like, that looks like fun. I want to play that.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. When I was younger, I thought... That because I was kind of quirky, that I was like an outgoing party girl, because I hadn't had the chance to realize that I'm actually quite introverted, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, when I graduate, I'm going to be at the club almost every night, Mm -hmm. there's going to be all these guys, like, wanting to date me, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have all these amazing outfits, and then, like, even when I was 18, I could only muster up the energy to go to the club once a week, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, and I couldn't work, if I worked the next day, I was like, no, Mm -hmm. like, I... I just, I quickly realized that wasn't me, but I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think I still watch things like that, and I'm like, there's something in me that craves that.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, of course, it looked like so much fun, but it's a time and a place, and you have to, yeah, you really have to want to do it. And you shouldn't be doing
0: it if you're forcing
1: yourself to and you don't want to. Yeah, That's and you shouldn't, fun. I don't think
0: you should be doing it to the point where... You're denying who you are. hmm Because, like, I heard about with hypnotism, uh, someone can hypnotize you and make you do, like, a bunch of silly things. But if it's something that you, uh, wherever you go when you're hypnotized, if it's something that you yourself would not do or are morally opposed to, you won't do it. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like, so people, because people are always scared when they get hypnotized. Like, what are you going to make me do? But if it's something you would never, like, go rob a bank... Mm-hmm you won't do it.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. So I think it's similar when you're like having fun, playing this character, being silly. You should still be aware of who you are at the core of that. And if somebody says something that you find morally reprehensible, you should still be able to be like, hey, don't talk like that. Mm -hmm. Right. You should be, yeah,
1: just just be true to yourself. But I, I don't mean to say it like, We don't mean should as in, like, it's on you to do. It's often, like, difficult to do because of the space you're in, the people you're around, and, you know. Yeah. I want there to be, I want people to feel comfortable doing those things, but that's everyone's job.
0: Yeah, everyone's, like, keep each other on track, and, like, for me, it comes into play on a girls' night with, like, Let's not pit ourselves against other women or make fun of. And I feel like that seems like part of the experience sometimes to be like, "What's she wearing?" And yeah. like, <laughs> I like to I like to put the brakes on that and be like, "She is wearing what she feels good in." Yeah, and I am not going down that path with you because I used to love to play the gossipy catty girl, mm-hmm. but then I just was a gossipy catty girl mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I always remember like going out with certain people and playing those things, but always having very unsatisfying discussions about relationships Mm
0: -hmm. and men
1: and women when I was playing that character because that character does not have satisfying conversations about that kind of thing.
0: No, that character, like, objectifies the bartender. Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah, that's... that's, that's, (laughs) Yeah. So then we get to... This party is interesting to me Mm -hmm. because this is a party that with... Carrie's young. They make a real point of saying that he is bisexual because he's young. Mm -hmm. He's 26. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like 34, I think, at that point. Yeah. So she's, and she goes to this party where they have all kind of been in relationships with each other, and there's some allusions to casual drug use, and they're all just like, oh, I'm his partner, and we have an adopted baby together, and one of their ex-girlfriends gave them the egg for the baby, and so it's very, like, everyone's involved, but I was like, but this group, of all the episodes of the Sex and the City, is the most diverse and the most comfortable with themselves, Mm -hmm. but they're being painted like, I know I'm supposed to think they're crazy. Yeah, that party looks hella fun. Yeah. (laughs) And it's
1: interesting how, yeah, Carrie really puts it on, like, being gender fluid is something for young people. And when you get older, you're tired of
0: that or something. Yeah. That's a weird take to put on it. And I thought it was interesting that, like, she goes to this party. I love her outfit. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing a pleather, one shoulder black dress with a big flower. She's got her big mane of hair and her gold boots. So she's like, I am a woman. Mm -hmm. And, like, I wonder if that, because I know the costume designers were very involved with the writing. I wonder if that's Carrie being like, You're dating a woman and that woman is me, and this is how a woman dresses, because it's there's nothing masculine about her outfit. No. And she's going to meet his friends, one of whom is the guy he dated before. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. Was she asserting herself? She's weird at that party. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's again one of those things where watching it, I don't think I would have been like watching it through Carrie's eyes. I was Mm -hmm. more watching it through my own eyes and being like, Carrie's being weird. Everyone at this party's cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, you just... Yeah, you wanted to lighten up for a second and, like, on one hand, because you said, well, I don't think it's weird because he's bisexual. I think it's weird because it's a party where her boyfriend's had sex with most of the people there. Yes, that was... and, And they needed... I felt like they needed to write that in to make you
1: uncomfortable because just showing up at a party and it's like... Okay, I've dated this man, but but he's now married to this person, so it's fine. You'd be like, okay, well, maybe I'm feel a little threatened, but but that's no big deal. But instead, it was at a party where people had been gender fluid and and were now
0: settled with. Uh, well, they were settled in marriages, right? There was married? yeah, there was one that was married, and he'd already been married to the Alanis Morissette character, right? And she's the one that gave them the egg, and now she's married to the blonde woman. And then, Carrie, at one point, sums it up like, she used to be with it da, 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 and it goes all over the map. yeah, I think the part that is overwhelming
1: is the fact that you've just met this person's friends, and all of these person's friends have like dated or been sexually involved with him yeah. and each other, and that can feel a little weird because you know on the outside, it can feel a little weird because you just feel really on the outside. all those people mm-hmm. know each other intimately, and they all have, and you're like, wonder if i am I gonna." someone
0: else in this group, too? Yeah. How would I
1: feel about that? Do I have to feel threatened by multiple people here? But that's mostly you, and you need to get over that in yourself, yeah. you know? But it
0: would have been cool to have a discussion about that as opposed to his bisexuality.
1: Yeah, and then they pinned it on, like, that's a bisexual lifestyle. Yeah. If you're gender fluid, that means you've dated all of your friends, and it's like, well,
0: I don't know, this, this isn't really true. Yeah, that's not usually how that would go. And, like, years ago, I think... um, Or like a couple years ago, because I rewatched the show a lot, I probably identified with it a lot, because I remember going through a period where a friend of mine was like, I'm exploring polyamory, I'm thinking about doing that, and I was like, okay, and I was very, I was accepting, and I read the books, and I tried to like, learn about it, and I was like, this is so outside of something that would be comfortable for me, but this person, I'm going to try and respect this person, and then... I started meeting a lot of people that were poly, and then people I was interested were poly, and I was like, "Does anyone just want to date anymore?" <laughs> and like, I felt very exasperated, and I felt like I was at that party mm-hmm. where everyone was like, "It's no big deal, I'm dating that person, and that person, and that person." I was like, "I just want to date one person," like, and that's and that felt very isolating for me. Yeah, and if that party is a metaphor, it's
1: almost like whenever you encounter someone who lives a different lifestyle than you and you reflect on your own lifestyle and go, did I maybe want to make that choice instead?
0: You know, how secure do I feel with the choices I've made? Yeah, and like, is there, for me it was like, is there anyone that... I guess for Carrie she feels that there's this new generation that's moving to this new thing that she personally does not identify with. And she's like, will there... Be anyone left like me who I can date, or is this going to be everyone, and I just have to accept it? Yeah, which is how I started to feel for a while. Um, so I identified with her on that sense, but in the other sense, I was like, she's not asking any questions that would help her accept these people. No, she's asking all very like, tell me and and you explain it, and mm-hmm. blah, and she's being very like, you're on the outside, and like she never tries. No. Nope. Yeah, you're right. She just wants to feel
1: comfortable that she is right and her way is right and Mm -hmm. they're all weird. And that's what it's about and that's why she's never going to figure it out or accept it.
0: Yeah, and I think it would be better if she were just vulnerable and said, this makes me feel vulnerable. I'm going to this party, and you've you've dated all these people, and you're bi, and I'm not bi, and I don't know... Yeah, that's
1: the nail on the head, is I'm not bi. It's you're bi, and I'm not bi. That's what it's about. It's about Carrie feeling uncomfortable with herself. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think he would be compassionate to that, because yeah. he seems like a great guy. Yeah, and it's obvious because she's suddenly super insecure, but instead of saying, I'm uncomfortable with myself... Yeah. She's just like, you're weird.
0: Yeah, You need to be this way because I can't
1: handle this.
0: But I think he makes it pretty clear because I think what she wants to know at the end of the day is, are you committed to me or are you going to leave me for a guy because maybe you won't be satisfied by this? But he continually tells her, I'm with you and mm-hmm. I'm crazy about you. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved for them to just have an honest moment. And they don't. They play spin the bottle at this party And she kisses Alanis Morissette, Mm -hmm. but she does not reciprocate the kiss, really. She kind of just sits there with smoke coming out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then she leaves the party right after, like, yeah. She says, I gotta go get more cigarettes, and she gets up, and I always wondered, did she just never see him again after? Because she says, that was the last time Sean and I saw each other. But does that mean, like, she did go back with cigarettes and try and hang out and was ultimately uncomfortable, or did she say, I'm gonna go get a pack of smokes and then disappear into the night and never return his calls again? Yeah. Which is psycho. Yeah, it's really, it really is. It's like, if you,
1: it's an uncomfortable kind of thing to think about. It's like, yeah, if you're an adult, (laughs) blank spin the bottle, as we do, (laughs) Um, you know, if you don't want to kiss someone... Hopefully, you feel safe to say, I don't want to kiss someone. But if you do, and then you try it, and you're like, oh, that's not for me. You know, it's weird, because she just leaves in a huff and chalks it up to, they're all young, and they want to... Yeah, I'm just an old fart. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> like, your sexual orientation has to do with your age. And also, she keeps saying in the episode, they had no sexual orientation. She says mm-hmm. that a couple times. Oh, I didn't even notice She's that. like... In her little, like, punny voiceovers in between, you know? Like,
0: for someone oh, who had
1: no sexual orientation, it's like,
0: what? Yeah, it's like, well, they're pretty clear that they do. Yeah. It's just not the same as yours. Yeah. She does say, Alice in confused sexual orientation land. So it's like, oh, they're confused. Yeah, they're that's what it is. Yeah, and it very much has that kind of, like, tone. It's, you know, people who are gender
1: fluid and whose sexual orientation is not either gay or straight, are young, confused, playing around, on drugs, (laughs) still figuring it out, stopping over on the way to gay town, using people as beards, those were all the answers they gave in the episode, which is annoying, because those attitudes are still, they persist, and -hmm. they stick around, and if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say that stupid stopping over on the way to gay town thing, you know? It's annoying because still to this day when it comes up and people talk to me about being bisexual, I'll still hear some of those comments. And I'm like, what do you really want to ask? Yeah. (laughs) What do you really want to know right now? We can talk about that, maybe. depends on if you're respectful and how I feel about having that conversation. Mm -hmm. You could Google it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There's
1: the internet. Yeah,
0: you could Google it. Also, you could ask... There are open-ended questions that don't victimize a person. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas most people go to the, like, well, how many men versus how many women have mm-hmm. you dated? And Yeah, when it would be great if they could just ask a question about
1: themselves because I feel like that's what they're really wondering. It's not, mm-hmm. I feel like it's when people ask me questions like, uh, how many women have you dated? Or how long did you date her for? Mm-hmm. Or like, did you ever miss men when you were dating her? Did you ever miss penises? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that what they're really trying to ask is, I don't know if I would. Like, they're trying to, I wonder mm-hmm. if I would. How do I know if I'm bi? Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people are asking. Like, how do you know you're bi? Because I might be bi, and I don't think I'm bi, but what if I am? Yeah. And I would like them to just ask that. Yeah. Because otherwise it feels like they're quizzing you and they're being like, okay, present the evidence that you're bisexual. Yeah, You know, and there's this, like, I remember when I was in high school and I had a friend who knew, I say knew I was bi, but then, you know, at one point she knew someone else was and she was like, oh, she's just, it's just annoying because she's just
0: doing it for attention.
1: And I was like, what?
0: What <laughs> And that was this phase in the late 90s early 2000s where it was cool to kiss a girl at the club. I don't know if that's still happening. But I remember seeing girls like grind up on each other and and yeah. kiss each other for the benefit for of men. For the benefit of men. Yeah. And I think people started to get that all tied up and knotted with bisexuality and it's like no, mm-hmm. that is a performance as opposed to your sexual orientation. Mhm. Definitely. You know, I mean, to each their own, but
1: I think if I was on a date with a woman and I was kissing her and a man started watching, I'd be like, oh my
0: god. Yeah, it's horrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it's horrifying. It's very rude. (laughs) And, like, yeah, I think that whole thing really made it so that women and women are this, like, sexy... Sexual thing, as opposed to like, no, they're in a relationship. They're not there for you. No, but it was a way of making
1: women's sexual fluidity comfortable for men. It's mm-hmm. like, oh no, 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 this is okay. This is for your benefit. Yeah, this, is, this is just to get you off. Yeah, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. You don't have to feel insecure that you're not enough or that you're not what I want. This is for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, and it kind of took over and. Uh, I don't think that's good for anyone. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had a funny moment. My first, I know it was probably my second time at the club. I went to the, oh, the one on the street. <laughs> what with the music? Is that the one? The yes. one with the DJ? Yes. Oh, oh I'm sorry. The club. Oh yeah, I I've been there. Yeah, um, I went to. It was called the Beach. It's now called I don't know what, um, but it's on Pemina Highway, and <laughs> we went and. There's, like, the bar, and then there's a sunken dance floor. And they called, they were like, team up with a buddy and run on to the dance floor. We're going to play a game. And I was like, okay. And me and my friend Alyssa ran on. And then they had these, like, sexy dice. And they were like, you're going to do the things on this on these sexy dice to each other to win a prize. And we were like, nope. And, like, ran <laughs> off the dance floor. And I remember them saying, girl on girl's cool. Girl on guy is cool. No guy on guy. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, why? Because that's not what... That's not because if a straight man saw that, it wouldn't make him get a boner, I guess. Yeah.
1: And that's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. The world of the club when I was 18 was a man's world. And you tried to, like, pack it full of as many women as possible so that the men there would have a lot of women to look at. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, i don't know I don't know if it's different now. It's been a while. The last time I went to the club was pretty horrific. I remember like going to the club and
1: being there with a group of friends. And I mean, I think in most recent times it's been pretty split between like men and women. But when I was, like, out of high school and stuff, it was mostly with my girlfriends, and we would dance, and we would goof off, and we would have a good time, but we did not like the way men would come around the outside of the circle and, like, look at you, Stare, or, like, try yeah. to touch you all of a sudden, and those men had a real, like, wake-up call and problem with you being
0: like, we're not here for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then they'd be like, then why are you dressed so nice? Like, because <laughs> yeah. like, well, I like this Have you ever seen Sex in the City? God! <laughs> it looks fun! Yeah. And it's like, I had a conversation with a guy friend the last time I went to the club. Um, it was on a whim. I think I was having, like, a girls' night with Chantelle Morosica, and we were like, let's go to the club! It <laughs> was, like, it was super funny. We got there, and these... I didn't mind. There were a couple guys that I was like, yeah, I'll dance with you, but, like... And, like, I got up onto the booty box, and Chantel called me a bad feminist. That's whatever. <laughs> but then, um, but then uh, there were men that were grabbing me. And I was like, oh, okay, what? And, like, I would, I would be like, no, no thanks, but, like, if I was on the dance floor and my back was turned, I could at any moment have some guy grinding up into me, and I was like, no. Yeah. And then I talked to a guy about it, a guy friend, and he was like, well, what did you expect? Like, that's kind of the, that's kind of where you were, isn't it? And kind of implied, or I guess outright said, that I should have expected that. That's mm-hmm. that's what the environment was. And I was like, No. There are guys that from across the dance floor, we'd kind of look at each other and smile and, like, dance toward each other. And then if we're dancing together, like, that's an organic exchange as opposed to there's something I want, I'm going to grab it.
1: Yeah, no, that's not consensual. Yeah. You
0: ask, like, can I, do you want to dance with me? Yeah. Yeah. Can I
1: kiss you? Those kind of things. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked. I remember I was at the Palomino Club once and I was dancing with my girlfriends and a guy came up and he walked by and he grabbed two of their butts and then he was dancing like right beside them, like as if he thought that was going to like, they were going to be like, oh, hey, you know, and suddenly be like, that's the man of my dreams. I don't know, but he stuck around and I was like, which guy was it? And they were like, that guy. So I was like, come here. And he came closer and I grabbed his butt really hard and then he kind of like laughed and this is not like remembering this is, like, weird, and I don't know why I dealt with it this, this way kind of thing. Yeah. But I, like, grabbed it really hard and just, like, held onto it for a second, like, in a way that it was, like, no, not a second, longer than that. Mm. And then it was uncomfortable and weird, and I was just, my hand was there, <laughs> and he couldn't really dance, and no one can dance kind of thing, until he felt awkward and left. And it was, I don't know, not the way, but I just was so mad that he felt like, he, that he was going to get away with that.
0: Yeah, that's a, Yeah. And that's, like, that is a very, like, TV-sassy way of dealing with it. Oh, of course, right. um, So it's probably where you, like, got that from, was like, how, what would Samantha do? Yeah. I can't pull them aside and be like, what made you think that was okay? Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah. I had an experience I just remembered just now when I was, like, I think I was in my mid-twenties, so it wasn't that long ago, but I was walking down... Osborne and I was in a fun outgoing mood and I was walking home or I was walking to someone's house or something and this guy on the street was all drunk and and we struck up like a funny drunk stranger conversation and he was like oh man oh you're so cool can I grab your butt and I was like sure because like I was in such a mood that I was like okay. And then I walked away and I was like, did I have a problem with that? I don't know. Like, cause it kind of happened so organically that I was like, we're having fun. And then he had my number and he texted me and he was like, how, how tall are you or something? And I told him and he was like, oh, I like that. Easy to throw around. And then I was like, oh, do not let strangers grab your butt. (laughs) Is the lesson I learned from this because I thought, I guess I thought we were doing this flirty performing our gender like performing flirtation thing of like oh can I grab your butt sure and like I thought we were making fun of yeah that whole thing I can see that yeah and then he thought I guess I, I guess he thought that was real and then I was like oh no oh no and I just stopped talking to him because I was like what have I done yeah like I've I've made myself into an object, and now he's telling me he wants to throw me around, yeah. and I don't want that. No. Certainly not from a man I just met on the street. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's how quick those things happen and how it is hard to tell if a
1: person is, yeah, joking around with you about it or if they're... Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah the club was a hard place to navigate that, that life and stuff at that age, too.
0: Yeah, and, like, I was just thinking about the club that... Did you notice that the young, hip, there's a lot more diversity as far as race as well? Yeah, compared than to Than in their regular world? world? Yeah. And I was like, what are you saying?
1: Yeah, well, maybe it's a way to try to get some diversity on the show without having to give them any
0: speaking rules. But it's like, how come it's only in the young, hip... Confused sexual land, and not in your everyday yeah. life. Yeah, and I found that a little uncomfortable because I was like, I guess I'm not a person of color, so I can't comment on it. But I'm like, it just struck me that that was the cool hip world, and yeah. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. There are people uh, everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Of all ages. (laughs) Yeah. In every scene you could think of. Yeah. One of them might be a lawyer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They could be everywhere. And they could speak.
0: Yeah. That show was definitely
1: not uh, famous for having... Diverse people on the show.
0: It was one of the shows, I think it was that show, Friends and Seinfeld, that were in the 90s in New York with completely white mm-hmm. casts. Mm-hmm. Which now you look at and you're like, how? Yeah. How do you not encamp... Yeah. yeah it's, and a- it's
1: it's just a very like white-centric viewpoint. And I'm sure that... I don't know, but I'm sure the writers were white.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: producers were white. And... No one thought about it because yeah. everyone involved was white.
0: It just wasn't thought about, yeah. And like later Miranda dates dates a black man and in the movie Jennifer Hudson is her assistant. Right. So they're like, Look, look, we did it and they'll like put they'll put like one and yeah. they're like, That's good, right? Yeah.
1: Did we do good? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Embarrassing yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just stick with the white people. Yeah, it is embarrassing. And it's like, it's funny to look... I'd never noticed that before until this viewing that I was like... It's not hip to be mm-hmm. not a white person. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show is very dated. Mm-hmm. And,
1: I mean, it'd be interesting to talk to someone who was the same age as those women and lived in the same kind of lifestyle was, like... And, you know, a white woman that age at the time, was this show groundbreaking for you?
0: I think, yeah, and I think the reason I was obsessed with it so long was it was hugely groundbreaking for me. Like, a Mm -hmm. lot of the things they say about relationships and the struggles they have with dating, I'm like, oh my god, Mm -hmm. like, this happened to me, and, like, I do feel there were things that I was like, oh, I identify with that, and I've never identified this way. So it was huge. Mm -hmm. But then, looking back, you're like, oh, definitely could still use some work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I should say, like, I was happy that a show talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy that a show addressed bisexuality because it started conversations Mm -hmm. with me and my friends when we watched it, and and in my mind, and I was able to think about it that way. So I did appreciate, like, when... That stuff, you know, is just on TV
0: as opposed to just
1: never on TV.
0: Yeah, and I appreciated how grounded and well-written the guy she's dating is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, and totally. He's Yeah, he's the one who's more well-written than she is. He makes a good point at every turn, and she is acting weird.
0: Yeah, and he, if, like, <laughs> if she wasn't so obsessed with his age and his bisexuality, he's a sweet... Good looking, fun, mm-hmm. witty. Guy. Yeah, they have really good, witty, clever
1: banter back and
0: forth. Yeah. Like they're very funny together. Yeah. So it's like, I think we're supposed to see that Carrie's quite limited, but they didn't push that far enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is the lesson of this
1: episode? Ooh, like the lesson they were trying to, or yeah. what you can take away? Uh, well, the lesson that I felt that they kind of like nailed at the end was that like, if you're old, you can't be gender fluid. Yeah. <laughs> and and old is like 35.
0: Yeah. That like, oh, just stuck. Like, cause she, he says something like, that's just me. And then she keeps using that almost against him in her voiceover. Like, well, I did this. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And she says that at the end. I left the party. That's just me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, nothing good. I feel like the lesson was nothing good.
0: I feel like they got so close cuz Miranda confronting the fact that I'm not a typical woman mm-hmm. and there were and the art and they were just teetering on the edge of a really nice little mm-hmm. thing, but they didn't it wasn't satisfying in the end.
1: Yeah, it was almost like for things to work, you need to stay in your gender box. Mm-hmm. because that's what that's how they all wrapped up. Miranda and Steve's relationship's in jeopardy, and then she cried like a woman. He got to say, I'm here for you, and everything was okay.
0: Yeah, and he moves in, even though maybe she wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte gets to pretend to be a bold woman for one night and then abandons it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Samantha's the only one who... Well, she just stays the same. Yeah, she keeps doing
1: her, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because from the beginning she's like, why is it a problem? But even she says, you're not marrying him, Mm -hmm. you're just having sex with him. And, like, she thinks he's fit for a fling.
1: Yeah, her perspective is only Mm sex-based. Which is nice in one way, but it misses, it would be nice for her to, like, address it beyond, like... Yeah. It's not just that you're going to have an orgasm out of it, but what about the other side? Yeah, the what's he like? Yeah. Do you
0: enjoy his company? And like, I know that Samantha doesn't like that kind of stuff, but it goes back to sexualizing bisexual people. She's like, oh, he's probably good in bed because he's open, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that's not what she's talking about right now, Samantha. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sex and the City, speed round. Okay. Okay, we've already kind of talked about it, but which girl do you identify with the most? Samantha. Yeah, still to this day?
1: Yeah, well, I'd have to rewatch it. Uh, I probably wouldn't really identify with any of them, but if I was going to play one of them, if I, you know, and you know, if I was going to have to perform as one, I'd, I'd pick Samantha.
0: Cool. Do you have uh, an outfit that you remember that was, like, one that you really liked on Sex and the City? Oh, my God.
1: I liked a lot of Samantha's pantsuits mm-hmm. uh, and her jackets. I liked those. I liked a lot of Carrie's, like, slinky, very tight
0: club dresses. I liked when she wore overalls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I liked when she she sometimes would do, like, a little boy type look. Like, she, like, she'd wear little caps, but then she'd have something very fashionable with it, and I always liked that. Yeah,
1: I really liked her hair.
0: Oh, yeah. I've always wanted a big mane of, like, crazy hair. hmm <laughs> And, like, Samantha, I like that she wears... I was talking about this with my mom. Her suits are very feminine. And at the time, that was a huge deal to be like, I'm a woman in this office. I'm not wearing shoulder pads. I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. And I think they nailed that with her yeah. aesthetic. Um, favorite sex in the city, location. Wasn't there one that you were like, oh, that's a cool place? Oh. I always like when you're watching a show and they... Like, when Carrie's
1: talking to, uh, I think, Aiden outside of her window...
0: I was, like, when
1: they showed the outside of apartments on shows, because I know they had to, like, build that to construct it. Like, you know, it's a room on a set. Yeah. And then, or not build it to construct it, sorry, but, like, build that in as in, like, find a new location that was the outside of an apartment building and film it there.
0: I think the outside of her apartment is a real brownstone in New York, but the inside is a set, I think, because I think you can buy... I think somebody bought quote unquote Carrie's apartment. Gotcha. But so, like, sometimes you see it as it really is, but sometimes it's a set. I would have to look into that.
1: I just like when they do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool. Um, she talks to, yeah, Aiden. And hanging out her window is a very Carrie thing. Being I mean like, hey, like, she yeah. does it with Big, she mm-hmm. does it with Aiden. Do you have a favorite Sex and City boyfriend? Uh, I remember really
1: crushing on Aiden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and whoever that actor is. I loved him in the United States of Terra. I like him. Yeah. And also, she had this boyfriend once who had ADHD and played the stand-up bass.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie and... likes a jazz man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him a lot, and I. Uh, it was too bad, because I liked that episode because she... Having this great sex with him, but she wants to get to know him, and he's t- too You're all like, over. Bitty bitty bitty. <laughs> yeah. So was like, I'm gonna go play my banjo, and like, yeah. yeah. and like, he never lets her in, and it's too bad because he seemed very fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should Carrie have ended up with Big? Oh, no, uh, I don't know because
1: it's hard to answer that question because I would never want to end up with. Big, Mm -hmm. but Carrie really wants Big.
0: Yeah, and Carrie, Carrie and Big are the same in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. in that they have a limited perspective and they don't want to change. Yeah.
1: I feel like he's what she wants Mm -hmm. and she knows it and it's not really going to go any other way.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's always going to come back to Big. Last question. Mm -hmm. Feelings on the movie franchise. I think I only saw the first one. Yeah, I, I saw the second one, and I wish I had not. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I
1: wasn't super into the first one, and so I'm glad I didn't go from there. It was a little probably too late, you know, when the franchise starts, and I was, like I say, probably in junior high when I started watching it. Mm-hmm. Most don't... I, I can't stay with the franchise until it finishes. I'm a different person by the time they get there.
0: Mm-hmm. Not into it. Yeah, for me, I didn't watch it when it was... Fr- like, I watched it in a big chunk when it all already existed. And then, like, I was still re-watching it, and the movie came out. And at first, I've talked to so many, like, people who are on my level of fandom with the show, watched it the first time in the theater, cried, loved it, and then re-watched it, and were like, huh, like, I'll still watch it for fun, but it's a very shallow version of the show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Um, that's everything.
1: Yay. Yay. You know, my favorite aspect of Sex and the City? What? Is that Carrie's a writer. Yeah. I like that part a lot. Why do you like that (laughs) part? (laughs) Because I'm a writer.